Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jolliffe, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Hi, you've made it to the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. I'm Chris Doctor, your co-host, and I'll be joined in just a moment by Rhonda Jolliffe and our very special guest today. It's our mission to bring you information that will inspire, motivate, and empower you during your perimenopause and menopause experience. So today's special guest is Dr. Anna Kabeka. We've mentioned her and her products on previous episodes, and you know what? Today, we're lucky enough to have her on the podcast. She is an expert in women's health, and I'll introduce her extensive credentials at the beginning of the episode. We will be focusing on her wonderful product that addresses big problems for many menopausal women for areas below our waist, specifically related to urinary and genital changes. So trust me, you are not alone if you are experiencing these challenges. If you've just discovered this podcast, we want to welcome you and let you know that we have a lot of other information about menopause and natural solutions available on our website, rhondanp.com. Related to this episode, you can check out Dr. Anna's product, Jolva, at rhondanp backslash Jolva, and Jolva is spelled J-U-L-V-A. Dr. Anna is offering to send you a free seven-day trial of this product so you can check it out, and all you need to do is pay for the shipping. So one more time, that web address is rhondanp.com backslash jolva for your free seven-day trial of the product, and you only pay for the shipping. So with that, let's hop into the episode. We think you're going to love it. Hello, and welcome to the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. I'm Chris Doctor, and I'm joined here today with Rhonda Jolliffe and our special guest, Dr. Anna Kabeka. I'm going to introduce her very quickly. Um, She's a medical doctor, a mother, an advocate for women's health, a researcher, and an educator. She frequently lectures nationally as well as internationally regarding restorative health and women's health issues. She's a board-certified gynecologist and obstetrician, as well as board-certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She's an expert in functional medicine, as well as women's health. She specializes in hormone replacement therapy and natural alternatives, successful menopause and age management medicine. She's also a consultant for other physicians in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine principles. And Dr. Anna, we are so thrilled that you're here today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So I'm just going to launch right into our topic here. And I thought I'd start with a little bit of a provocative question is as an obstetrician and a mother yourself, you know, we know that many women aren't prepared for pregnancy and childbirth or motherhood. But, you know, can you draw any similarities um, as how ill-prepared women are when they face perimenopause and menopause? Oh, yes. I mean, I would say that as ill-prepared as we are when we 
face the beginning of our periods. <laughs> I think we can, you know, say there's a good comparison there as we enter menarche, right? With our menstrual periods. And it's a time of you feel like, oh my gosh, whose body is this? What's happening to my body, right? In menopause, in this perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause journey, right? This whole time around menopause, it feels like something like that too. Like, wait, what's happening to my body, my mind? You know, are they still connected somehow? And it can feel like that um, that mystery is happening all over again in another way. And I think it's important to embrace it in this way, this transition time, just like when we entered, it led us into a beautiful phase of life that was so somewhat unexpected. However, we can look at the joys of it. And then now in this, really keep our minds open to what it's going to lead us into what adventure now are we in for? Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, Rhonda, with what, what we do, too, we look at the positive side of things because so often women are faced with the negative and symptoms. And so what we wanted to talk to you about today is this fantastic. You have a couple of products that are just fantastic that Rhonda uses in her clinic. And we wanted to launch in with the first one, which is your Jolva cream. Could you talk a little bit about why you created it? Yeah, absolutely. So as a gynecologist and and early on in, gosh, 1999, in my private practice here in Southeast Georgia, I was exposed to the need for help with sexual health and sexual dysfunction in women who were a um, estrogen, hands-off estrogen category. Either they had ductal carcinoma in situ, had history of, of blood clot or, or breast cancer or something that to that effect and they were a so something to that effect and they were you know a hands-off kind of no estrogen scenario so they were left to suffer and and currently the state of things today even though we're 20 years from that um left to suffer with vaginal dryness and the consequences of a you know a menopause hormone deprivation and what that leads to vaginal dryness incontinence loss of pleasure decreased orgasm and pelvic you know pelvic pain discomfort irritation and the list goes on so women were really left to suffer with this and here i was a national health service corps graduate in southeast georgia a small shrimping island you know being posed by a very dynamic woman saying hey you know i want a solution i never forget 63 year old silver foxy lady silver haired foxy lady saying you know what i i'm a woman of the 60s and my sexual health is really important to me what are you going to do for me doctor our emory um breast specialist say i can't have estrogen but i'm dry as a bone i you know have no desire for sex with my husband and I'd rather die than live this way. And I was like, whoa, you know, so that really led me on this journey. What could I do for women? So I went to the research. I was a researcher with the U.S. Navy before I went into medical school. So I just dug in and looked in the nooks and crannies and found that great supporting research for not only vaginal estrogen therapy, but androgens, testosterone, DHEA in women, um, in women to help with sexual function as well as um, incontinence and and um, and vaginal dryness and safety studies to look at these uses these usages in, in women that are even high risk. And so I was really pleased to see the beginnings and again very little at the time. And we have a lot more today. Yeah. Rhonda, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, um, well, here, a little backup. Here's how I found you. I'm always looking. Uh, I have a pretty large practice of women and I use bioidentical hormone and I'm constantly looking for avenues to help them. And the urinal, genital and vaginal dryness and pain with intercourse is such an issue. And so I'm always looking for the new things out there. And I actually came across uh, your Mike, Mighty Maca first. That was a few years back um, before the Java cream came out. And I loved your story on how you came across the Mighty Maca. And, and, and um, I just loved your story about how you traveled to Peru and you found this. And it was just like, well, this is really cool. And I just enjoyed you so much. So I've been following you. And when your Java cream came out, I was like, well, this has got to be it because I know she's a researcher and I knew the research on DHEA, so I was really excited because I still have women, and even though there's so much research that you know vaginal estriol is just very, very safe and protective, there's still women that will not consider it just because it is an estrogen. So this has been such a nice option, and I'm getting really great results clinically. I'm so glad. So the journey into creating Jolva was really interesting because as a prescriber, I could prescribe you know, vaginal testosterone, DHEA, vaginal therapies. And it, it really became a challenge to me, again, creating um, solutions for women because there are, you know, I would say there are so few that exist and, and none really are, are, have been up until this time, really fantastic for women to user-friendly, safe, without chemicals and hormone disruptors and all those things in them. So it's been a challenge, but with my challenge over the last few years was to create something that women could use that, you know, is applied topically. So from the clitoris down to the anus to protect our beautiful feminine bits, right? And, um, and is absorbed well, smells good, feels good, and is effective. And so the, that was the deciding and, you know, is easily available over the counter and that in, in a safe amount. So um, that was the decision to kind of come up and, and explore creating something, going back to my chemistry days and, and really creating something, but naturally to help women with these issues and just anti-aging for the feminine bits, because lo and behold, these changes surprise us. And somehow like I, I would give you the example of like in our, in our lives, we're busy in, in married lives. Our kids are growing up. We've been so busy with them. Maybe sex falls to the wayside and all of a sudden, okay, when we have sex or we're now empty nesters and we want to have sex and reignite this intimacy, there's vaginal discomfort, pain, irritation, the irritation after intercourse, discharge, leaking, urinary infections, all those are negative, negative feedback. I always tell women, if you have pain every time you have sex, why would you want to have sex? And so, and I had an email the other day from a woman and it was really fascinating. She was in her um, early forties when she divorced and she remarried at age 53 and here so looking forward to her honeymoon. And, and um, she said that when they tried to have sex, it was so painful and she bled and she tore and they had, you know, no more sex since that. And that was three years ago. And, and now she's using Jolva and is getting fantastic results. But I think an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure here too. We don't think about these changes happening and they're happening. Hot flashes go away. The vaginal, the atrophic, the loss of muscle, the loss of healthy tissue, the wrinkles, if we're having them here, we're having them down there. <laughs> so those things will occur over time regardless. And so what we can do 
to prevent that does make a difference. And I was fascinated. I was loving talking with you, Rhonda, just before we started because of the research that's done in your neck of the woods in, in Bismarck by Mark Ripple and as a one of his a contributing um, as a contributing pharmacist into the research of looking at DHEA vaginally with women who have had breast cancer and the fantastic safety profile it is revealing. And I've been thrilled with that research. Can I, I want to interject. I played the role of the regular consumer where I have two medical experts throwing titles back and forth in jargon. Someone listening might be going, what's DHE what? So can you oh. back it up a little bit and talk about what it is and why breast cancer women or people with high risk are afraid of DHEA and why Jolva may be a good alternative. Well, one of the first, you know, it's great to specify that because sometimes we say it so fast, DHEA, people think DHA and think fish oil. I'm like, I'm not putting fish oil down there. That's not the smell I want, right? <laughs> Trying to get rid of that odor, right? So, um, so, so DHEA is dehydroepiandrosterone or androstenedione. And then what this is, is a precursor. It's produced by the adrenal glands and produced by the ovaries. Well, as our ovarian production declines, the adrenal produ producers become the main producers. But DHEA is a precursor hormone to um, estrogen and testosterone androgens. And it is also a hormone that is, you know, is part of in the line of our, um, master hormone, progesterone. So we have our master hormone, our mother hormones. We hear about progesterone in pregnancy, but it's throughout our life. It's brain protective. Well, that converts down to steroids, cortisol, and also DHEA. So often when we are high stressed or producing more cortisol as our body's natural anti-inflammatory, we've got subclinical inflammation or clinical inflammation, Cortisols are natural anti-inflammatory that's being produced, not just in times of stress, right? And so that depletes our body's DHEA production and our estrogen and testosterone production. So we have less of these reproductive hormones and our bone, brain, breast protective hormones. So DHEA has been shown, as well as testosterone, DHEA has been shown to be protective to our brain, to help with brain memory, reduce brain fog and memory loss, has been shown to be um, protective for our bones, actually anabolic, so helping to build strong bones, so it becomes very important. And also women with higher levels of DHEA, naturally higher levels of DHEA in an optimal range have decreased risk of breast cancer. So it's we have good associations with this hormone DHEA and we want it as naturally as possible. But the safety studies on DH and so women to answer your question, which is so good, is that why are some women afraid of DHEA? Because it comes as a as a hormone. It's a, you know pro hormone, a um, precursor to other hormones, including testosterone and estrogen, and can be that that can be converted further on down the line. Is that a big issue in a menopausal woman um, or andropausal woman? In high levels taken orally, I believe we can have some concern. But in transdermal or topical use where the changes, the, chemi the, the cell converts, you know, will utilize the DHEA or convert just at the cellular level, we have not seen any reasons for concern. And that brings us back to where we're using it and how we're using it topically from, you know, again, on the vulva, from the clitoris to the anus, 
that has a great absorption, but without seeing a no, any significant increase systemically, at least not with, we're not seeing that with Jolva and even with the vaginal DHEA, again, there's much higher absorption vaginally. Um, we don't see any significant increases in hormones of estrogen or testosterone. So we really looking at the science and the um, physiology is that there's a cellular use of the um, hormone itself in the combination. For Jolva, DHEA is only one of the ingredients because I've put in plant stem cells from the alpine rose and conditioners like emu oil, coconut oil, shea butter. So there's other really beneficial nutritious ingredients that our pelvic floor just loves. So it's, you know, to make this anti-aging combination. But um, but that is, I think, where some of the, the fear comes when we're using any anything outside normal. But I would say back to our days and, you know, even growing up in my house growing up, a very cross-cultural family, Middle Eastern family, I mean, we ate all parts of the animal, right? So we would eat the adrenals. We would eat the thyroid. We would eat the heart and the liver. You know, I mean, there was a reason that people used whole parts of animal beyond the prime cut of beef or, or you know, so there were reasons for survival that we did that traditionally. So and it's been in our, it's been tens of thousands of years that we've used exogenous hormones not to be um, feared from you safely. I, you know what? I, I just love that whole rendition of DHEA. And I got to tell you, when I first opened up uh, the website for the Java, the very first thing I do is look at ingredients before I ever consider utilizing it on any of my patients. And then the second thing I do is try it myself. So that's usually my two things. But when I looked at your ingredients, I was like, are you kidding? There is everything in here is so good. It's not just not just safe. It's actually protective and and moisturizing. And like you said, our vaginal tissue, these things are healing. You know, I've been using coconut oil as a lubricant for years. And that's I tell women you have you have your bottle of coconut oil in the kitchen and one in the bedroom. Exactly. And, and it's the best lubricant. And when I tell women that they're like, oh, my gosh. Because uh, some of the lubricants out there are actually, I think, dangerous. I mean, they have some chemicals in them that actually can be work against us with the uh, disruptors of estrogen. So I um, loved the Java when I read the ingredients in it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is one smart lady. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And you've been getting good clinical results, which makes me so happy because we hear, you know, like as you have just so many women suffering and then just to feel that little that little shift. It's yes. Really nice. Yes. So, you know, I was listening to one of your uh, uh, podcasts with Dr. Lee that you did recently, and I really enjoyed it, first of all, because everything both of you said, I agreed with 100 uh, percent. But one of the things he brought up that I, I want to mention, because I, I actually have not thought of this, um, he uh, both of you had talked about in your clinical practice of breast cancer, because we know that women are afraid of breast cancer. That's their biggest fear, you know, and in 2002, and you were there when the, when the 
big to do came out that estrogen caused breast cancer. And now we know that there's so much more to that story. But that created the fear in our nation of women that now the fear is still today. And that's 15 years ago. And the fear is still there when, in fact, we could be actually helping protect um, by utilizing the correct things, just like you said, with the DHEA. And but one of the things you were talking about is and I hadn't thought of it. It's like how many do you have a lot of women that you have had on hormones over the years have breast cancer? And, you know, I don't know how many patients I have because I haven't, but I'm sure actively 6,000 or more. Uh, and I've prescribed thousands of bioidentical. And I only have a handful of women because I remember who they are. Uh, that have had breast cancer. And I remember- We take this. it personally. We take it personally because we put them on that hormone replacement. And he said, you know, 11% of the population is going to have, women is going to have breast cancer. I have much less than 11% of the women I see yeah. have breast cancer. So I must be doing something right with the hormone replacement, but I really am into lifestyle. That is really my big thing is lifestyle. And I really don't like prescribing even bioidenticals unless, unless the lifestyle is cleaned up first. Oh, I 100% agree. I agree. That has to go hand in hand. So your, you know, the functional medicine background, understanding yeah. the lifestyle makes a huge difference. And I would agree. The patients in my last few years of practice that I diagnosed with breast cancer came into me with that diagnosis. You know what I mean? I had to look yeah. for it as a new patient. And they were the ones, my other clients, we were on bioidentical progesterone. We were using either lifestyle detox periodically, nutritional therapy, if at all, but focusing on the lifestyle. Because if you, you know, I mean, that's going to make a difference if, you know, and we all have stressful times. I'm not saying, you know, like if we're driving through for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's not a lifestyle conducive to hormone replacement therapy either. Right. Yeah. So we have to take all that into consideration and use that temporary, like a smoker. Right. I mean, if you're an active smoker, I mean, we've got to nip the, you know, nip that in the butt, you know, before we can really do some good, I mean, we're going to continue to do preventative work, but that's like, that's a big issue. And so what the interesting is, and what you said is so important is that um, transdermal, vaginal, and by, you know, transdermal and vaginal bioidentical estrogen has never shown an increase in breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So, and the research done by Fournier out in France, who looked at bioidentical progesterone orally showed no increased risk of breast cancer. It is very well established now that synthetic progestins, you know, um, that look like progesterone, but not exactly are the culprits. And what's very interesting, Rhonda, I want to share with you ladies too, to, that I was just in Cuba over the weekend. I was invited to present at a medical conference, a scientific conference. And so I went into the pharmacies and while I'm there and I spoke with, you know, some providers and some pharmacists and all they have now is prim, prim, conjugated estrogens and mm. synthetic progestins. That's the only hormone. I was like, where, what other progesterones do you have? And they only had medroxyprogesterone. And I was just, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, it's horrible. That's you know, terrible. to just see that's the only resource they have. So on a worldwide, and that's why I love doing things online internationally, because 
women around the world, you know, have to be educated and to be ad advocates for our own health so we can make these changes more commonplace. And it is a fight for, it is a fight sometimes getting natural options into our, into our pharmacies, into our doctor's offices. And, um, and so we are coming a long way as American women being educated and saying, no, I want what's bioidentical. And, you know, the research, when we look at the hard research supports our decision-making there mm -hmm. that we do need to just continue to advocate and, and, um, educate, but I'm sure you see it as I do. Our, our clients become our best advocates because word of mouth, right? They right. they have more energy. They have glowing skin. They feel better. Yeah. Yeah, so it's true. And, and I think for a while, um, you know, the, the research was clear on the progestins and the oral estrogens are also, it's quite clear. And so I think I was seeing a lot more women put on patches and stuff in their OBGYN. And I have to say in the last couple of years, I've been seeing Premarin kind of creep in again, and I can't figure that out. And I'm just like, the, the research is so clear on oral estrogens and that you should not be on oral estrogens. Let me ask a question for our listener who is, this is all new information for her, bioidentical hormones and, and Jolva. Is it a recommendation, obviously, to work with a functional medicine practitioner, but optimally, it's individual. But would you suggest uh, pairing the Jolva with your bioidentical hormone replacement if you choose to go on that? And is that, and is that safe? Yeah, I think it's one thing when you're on additional um, prescription hormones, you are being monitored and there's an advantage to that, right? The reason, you know, this goes back to the history of hormone replacement. The reason that when women were put on, you know, Prempro or estrogen and, you know, conjugated estrogen and conjugated uh, progestins is where you can't measure that in the blood, right? You just can't, un you're unable to measure conjugated estrogens, a thousand different, however, hundreds of different um, uh, estrogens of, you know, pregnant, you know, pregnant mares measure those. So there was no real testing for hormones, but through, you know, age management medicine, functional medicine, looking at hormones, not just our serum hormone levels, but salivary, urinary um, levels. I always will tell my patients, Rhonda, I know you do this too. It's like every body fluid you have will be tested at one time or another. <laughs> It tells us something different. And so, um, so, so I think that's, uh, now I forgot your question, Christine. <laughs> Did I answer it though? No, if somebody's new to this and, you know, you say being monitored with bio, with your physician, but can you do both at the same time? Is that the optimal kind of um, recipe? So again, if you, it depends on the type of um, a hormonal therapy you're on, most people will be on a bioidentical estrogen with a progesterone and possibly testosterone, DHEA. The key thing is we know that unless we're applying it locally to the clitoris, to the, you know, and unless we're locally applying it, we're not going to get that local action where we need it most at the doses that are you know, say lowest, safest, effective dosage. So it's been absolutely okay. Women who are on estriol, um, vaginal estrogen creams, um, other, other hormone, other hormonal therapies can absolutely use it. But if they're getting a compounded trochee or cream, uh, that combines testosterone, DHEA, you want to look and see where that's going. So definitely worth checking. Now, 
on average, we look at optimal serum levels of DHEA in women to be 200 to 300 on usual testing. You want to look at your optimal lab testing ranges. And typically in the menopause, our levels are well below 100. So using topical DHEA has been very, very safe in these cases. So, and, and even in women who have had PCOS that may run higher um, DHEA levels, but have had local issues with vaginal dryness, decreased orgasm, any urinary leakage problems, you can still use these topically very safely. Okay. Well, I'm just looking at our time. We're going to wrap up here, but is it safe to use Jalva for an extended period of time? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I know, and again, you're, you know, with our lifestyle, we want to create a healthy lifestyle. So taking it into the context of living a healthy lifestyle, but the topic, again, the levels of DHEA and Jolva in a half of an ML are less than, or eight milligrams in a half ML of Jolva. So very low dosage. And plus we typically have clients use it daily for, um, 30 days and then five times a week and some more, some less, but it depends, but we're getting, we're getting great results with that kind of recipe, that recommendation. And one thing that I always recommend whenever we're doing anything exogenously that we want to clear and detox. So that's where your detoxification comes in, you know, having good intermittent fasting days, using something like Mighty Maca um, to add your body's detoxification process and support your natural hormone production are all part of part of my recommendations when it comes to that. Good. Well, we will have links on our website, rondanp.com for all of, and we already do your wonderful products, Jelva and Mighty Maka. But as we wrap up here, um, or maybe a first time listener who's just found this podcast and maybe starting to experience perimenopause and menopause symptoms, I'd like to ask each of you for your one best tip. Um, I'm going to start with you, uh, Dr. Anna. Well, my one best tip in entering perimenopause is really to like embrace your feminine, embrace getting in touch with your feminine during this time. And I would say like we have a tendency to shut off from the waist down and not to not to do that, just to really like start focusing on what you're grateful for. And especially as it comes to our event, I mean, especially to our physicality, because that takes the hardest hit sometimes. So loving our feminine, loving our creation and being very grateful for it is my constant mindset. Awesome. Rhonda? Of course, I love that one. So thank you for sharing that. And my other thing is really uh, looking at what you can control. I think it's a time when we feel we're so out of control, but there's really so many things that you actually can control. And that's diet, exercise, lifestyle, managing your stress, being grateful, looking at the things that are positive in your life. Uh, you know, when you bring in positive energy and positive thoughts, it will get rid of, rid of the negativity. And so I always, that, that was so perfect what you said, Dr. Kabeca, about being positive and grateful because that is part of a healthy lifestyle. It's not one thing. And, you know, when we talk about the Dralva cream or we talk about bioidentical hormones, it really just isn't quick fixes that that is going to help you in menopause. You know, those will take care of some of the symptoms, but really it's a whole lifestyle being whole. And I like to tell my patients in menopause, if you have not been healthy going into menopause, you may be forced to do it because you will figure it out 
that your diet makes a big difference, that your exercise routine makes a big difference. You know, I hear that every day in my clinic. It's like, I was doing so good. And then Thanksgiving came and I went on a binge for a week and I just really feel bad. And so I think you'll figure that out and that the lifestyle is a huge um, piece of it. And it also is the lifestyle part is really what makes our estrogens in our body healthy. And so we get rid of those bad estrogens as well. So healthy lifestyle, positive attitude. Great. I love it. Well, thank you so much, um, Dr. Anna, for being here. And we appreciate you so much and keep up the great work. And on your whatever you invent next, I'm sure we can <laughs> promote it and help other women learn about it too. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to have you here today with us. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing this message. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda N.P. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.